right. Uh, we thank God for giving us once again this opportunity. We want to thank you, Father, for, for bringing us together on this wonderful and beautiful morning. And uh, we are believing you for your word and for your power and for your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray that you grant understanding to your people. Make revelations available. Make your word applicable. Help us become your word. Help us become your dream and your vision. And we are here just for that in Jesus' name. Let us put our hands together for the King of Kings. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Are there things about money that you have learned so far? Or about the realm of Gilead? And would you mind sharing those things with me? If there is anything that you've come to understand. He's a good teacher. You need to keep on checking with your students. If they are really following. Otherwise, there won't be any graduation anytime soon. <laughs> Have you learned anything? so far concerning money. Let me hear from you. Just two, three people. Anything new that you've learned or there's nothing? Okay, let's hear from Pastor. You're looking good, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I learned that we do business according to the spirit. Uh, I always used to think we are led by the flesh in doing business, but uh, it was awesome, that revelation, that we profit according to the level of our spirituality. Wow. Wow. Oh, did we discuss that here? So that was powerful. Yes. <laughs> That's true. We, we agreed on that principle that uh, you prosper and you succeed according to your measure of spirituality. How spiritual you are will determine how you excel in life. So in trying to improve your success, what you really need to improve is your spirituality that increase in your spirit will definitely reflect in the things that you do physically. So you prosper according to your spirit. You prosper according to your spirit. You prosper according to your spirit. A scripture that supports that is when John said that I pray that you prosper and that you are in good health 
even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul prospers. So your health will be determined by your soulish or soulical health. As long as you prosper as a soul, he prays that everything else prospers according to your soul. Anything else that you learned, I'm still on you. Probably I'm here today to just hear from you. What did you learn? What are you learning? Why are you coming here? Thank you, Baba. I learned that a man under money is a servant to money and a man under God is a servant to God. And true financial freedom is um, removing yourself from the rule of money. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. That's strong, isn't it? Again, coming from the principle that uh, was declared by Jesus that both God and money are masters. And he said you can't serve two masters at the same time. And then the other master is God and the other master is mammon, which is money. But what was interesting there is the discovery that we did, which is finding out that money is a master. And we agreed again that it can be a master unless it has mastery abilities. There must be the spirit within that money that helps it govern the human race. People are being mastered by either God or money. So having God himself calling money a master, that makes money a very serious thing. Very serious thing. You don't underestimate what God calls a master. You don't. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. So like she said, once you are under God, God then becomes your master and when, when you find yourself under money, who is master over you? All right. I'm still on you. I'm still on you. What did you learn? Thank you, Bob. Um, I learned about the spirit upon something. When you were talking about the spirit of money, you gave us the word um, concerning the balm of Gilead. And you were saying, why was it that the daughters were not being healed? And you said, as much as there was the balm, but if the spirit is no longer there to heal, then it, it won't work. 
so as much as the spirit that is supposed to perform something which is supposed to be within us is not there, then we are not effective. Thank you. Wow. Very true. Very true. At that point, we were emphasizing on the activeness of the spirit. Where it is the spirit that quickens. The quickening spirit and the quickened spirit. And that came from a scripture that says it is God that quickens all things. All things require God to come and not just create them, but quicken them so that they are effective. They fulfill and they accomplish their role. Even as mere items created by God, not until God quickens the thing, the thing is less effective. Or it is even non-effective. The quickening by the spirit of the thing is what she is referring to. As the spirit, the power within the baum. And it is that spirit that is responsible for the healing that is so much desired by the daughter. And we say that God is so powerful to a point where he can even leave you with the bow and he takes away the spirit. And you realize that the actual bow is gone when the spirit of the bow is taken out of the bow. All we are now left doing is administering medication that can no longer cure. And diseases can no longer respond to the material aspect of the bow. Because diseases are spiritual and they respond to spirituality. Because deep calleth unto deep. That's so profound. Shall we continue today? Yes. <laughs> okay. Still, we are on the spirit of man because there is still so much to be dealt with and we are far from exhausting the information that God has made available. We are far. Oh, the spirit of money. And then last time we were dealing with the activation of the spirit, which to me, if I'm to spend more time on that, it would be fair. Because unless you become actively involved and you become a participant in activities that are beyond the physical realm, then you are not in charge of anything. You are not in control of anything until you are 
activated as a spirit. And your being a spirit doesn't give you the right to participation. You don't participate in the realm of the spirit based on you just being a spirit. You participate at your level of being active. How empowered are you spiritually? How active are you? How quickened are you? Because it is so much critical considering your activation in the spirit to a point where you are not even consulted. Your consent is not even considered in the spirit until you become an activated spirit. The reason why I'm touching on that is so that you start considering things that really make you active and you do those things. Things that make you active in the spirit. What are the things that I can do on a daily basis that improves me as a spirit? And as much as giving is one of those things, but we have quite a lot of things that we can also talk about apart from just giving. But the key thing here is you have to be an active spirit. Mm. The quickening spirit of the Lord has to quicken the human spirit. Mm. And the human spirit has to quicken the flesh. And then the flesh is found doing business according to the quickening by the human spirit and the human spirit is under the quickening of the spirit of God. So that, that diagram has to be maintained in your mind. You have to be conscious of that diagram. Unless God comes to quicken the human spirit, then as a human spirit, you only can know the things of men. No man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of a man in him. But if you want to know the things of God, it is by the spirit of God that you know the things of God. Mm. These are two different realms of knowledge where a man is so fascinated, so loaded, so consumed by the things of men, everything he knows covers the human aspect. But when the Spirit of God comes and it overwhelms your human spirit, you tap into another dimension of knowledge where you now begin to understand the things of God. Things that you have never learned from school. That knowledge is being brought to you by the Spirit of God that searches all things of God. Mm. And you now know, not by your knowledge, but you now know by the Spirit of God. I know this by the Spirit of God. Mm. What I'm teaching you, the things that I'm teaching you, I know these things by the Spirit of God. Mm. 
if you follow my steps and you go to every school that I've been to, you will never get to this knowledge that I have. You might think my school was the best. You might think my theological college was the best. So follow every footstep. If you don't find the things that I now know in all those places, it means there is another hidden place which is the source of this information that we now have. And that source that school and that college is the spirit of God. The anointing that you have received teaches you all things. One of the things that you find the Holy Spirit doing in a believer is showing him or her things to come. Things to come. Things to come. He will show you things to come. Mm. Hey, my, my heart is even beating fast. He, he will show you things to come. Mm. Being shown where you see things that are not yet here. Things to come, it means they are not yet here, yet to be created, probably yet to be formed. Yet he will show you mm. and you will see things that are non-existent. Things to come, they will be brought to you before they come. So we are dealing with a futuristic spirit. The spirit that comes from the past, the spirit that comes to you from the present, the spirit that can even come to you from the future. And pictures and images and thoughts and ideas are brought to you today just so that you can have a foretest and you are the first to see it before it comes. Things to come. Things to come. Ha! Huh. A child of God can see today things to come. So we are the first to be there. Mm. By the time they call it new, to us it has to be old. Wow. 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 I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear that from the Lord. Because now I know if an unbeliever doesn't have this same spirit, it means we are seeing different things all together. Yes. Yes. I have an advantage. Yes. I have a way of knowing what is coming. Mm -hmm. God. Mm -hmm. Oh. 
you know there is something that Paul said in the book of Romans Romans chapter 11 verse number 16 Romans chapter 11 and verse number 16 For if the first fruit be holy for if the first fruit be holy is not saying the first fruit is holy but if the first fruit be holy and the lamp is also holy the lamp is also holy so the holiness now of the lamp is determined by the holiness of the first fruit then he goes on to talk about the roots and the branches and if the root be holy so are the branches again there is a condition if the root is holy so shall the branches also be holy So what is teaching us there is that in trying to make things holy you must really get to their source stop dealing with the branches stop trying to make holy the leaves get into the ground get into the soil regions that are invisible to the human eye and you correct things from their source what you make holy is not the entire tree but get to the root make the root holy so he is <laughs> Richard father If you can correct the situation at that point where you disappear yourself into the ground and people outside and people passing by don't get to see you doing the work all they need to do is just to wait few more days and have a look at the branches mm. and changes are taking place and yet the man working behind the scenes is under the soil they are not sure of what exactly it is that you are doing but sooner or later your work and your labor in the spirit in the secret place in the soil will manifest on the leaves of the tree. Yeah. Wasn't that the reason why when he was instructed Moses to build the tabernacle he was supposed to start from the inside coming out. 
the most inner holy place. He started by the central furniture, which is the Ark of the Covenant. And he didn't just start with the Ark of the Covenant. He started with the inner part of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ten Commandments were needed right at the center of the Ark, which would be at the center of the Hall of Holies which would be at the center of the entire tabernacle, which is at the center of the camp of Israel. Yeah. Israel, which is at the center of the world. Yeah. Now, you, mu- you must understand that when God really wants to bring changes into your life, sometimes he has to make you a participant. For those changes to occur, you must be hired. You must be involved in the work. There is so much that we do as spirits and people around us are not even aware of what we are doing until the branches begin to take another form. When you're dealing with the root of a thing, it is power given to you by God to even drive back into the former generation. Come on. Where things happened which probably triggered or activated a certain curse within a given generation. And all along we have been desiring to be present when the thing happened so that you would stop the thing from being done. Whatever was done by whoever, that made the curse to come upon a generation. It's a root matter. It's a foundational matter. Mm. Where the Bible declares if the foundations are destroyed, what can what? The righteous do. Despite your level of righteousness, the question is, what can you do as a righteous person if your foundation is destroyed? Sitting here and standing here today and getting to know that we still have access to the root of the tree, even at this point of us being branches, we can still find our way back to the origin of the generation and correct things from their source. Cases are not broken from here. You don't break cases where you find them manifesting. Take take your seats. When you find a manifestation of a case, you don't deal with those symptoms. Mm. You are dealing with the radiation. You are dealing with sound that is coming from a different place, yet you are having it here. All you can do sometimes is to close your ears, but you can't really shut it down until you 
find the source of the sound and you switch it off from there. We have access as children of God to the root of the problem. Where is this problem coming from? Now, I'm, I'm just touching on the root here, but you see, he, he started by touching on the first fruit. The first fruit. And he said, if the first fruit be holy, then the lamp. The lamp means the sum total. Okay? It's fine. So... <laughs> Oh. So what he is telling us is that if you have a group of people or a gathering even of creatures or even a cluster of items that you can you can think of Instead of trying to deal with every item individually, you can make your job easy by identifying the first fruit of that cluster or of that generation. And you make it holy. And by doing so, the entire lamp becomes holy. And yet the, the lamp might not have a well-defined testimony or experience of undergoing an experience of being made holy. Everything is supposed to be brought before you so that you make it holy. But you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life. Because generations, they keep multiplying and you have to stay here forever so that you keep blessing everyone who comes into this world. So what do you do? You find the first foot. There must be a representation. And then God simplified that by introducing what he calls tithe. The 10% according to God was a way of having one thing a peace that comes from the rest that is brought before God and that is made holy on behalf of the lamp. And the 90% that remains at home for your own personal use is made holy. And God is saying, instead of blessing all of the money that you are ever going to have, 
let me have 10% and it is what I do with the 10% that conditions the 90% that you're left with. That's the principle that he's, he's talking about there. Mm. This issue of handing over a certain percentage of what you have earned to God doesn't just cover your money, your business. It goes as, as, as deep as circumcision. Mm. It's a percentage of your flesh that they would give to God. Mm. 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 And they, their entire bodies as a lamp would be made holy by the portion given to God. Mm. So it was, the, that was their only way of becoming more spiritual. They would become more spiritual, not as they increase spiritually, but as they subtract their flesh. Becoming less of the flesh, they would become more spiritual. Before that circumcision became the circumcision of the heart, which is the circumcision of the soul. They had a formula. They had a way of making themselves active in the spirit. The work was physical. Ah. 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 The first fruit, when God first introduced that, he was actually saying, you keep doing this until your children asks you. Keep doing this. Keep giving to me everything that opens up the matrix. Whether it is a donkey, whether it is a chicken, if, it, if that is the first egg laid by the hen, it's not for you. You bring it to me, including your firstborn child. He's brought to the Lord, not for a sacrifice. You then redeem your son, redeem your daughter. An amount of money had to be paid so that you would have your daughter back. But by making that firstborn holy, you are making the entire generation in that lineage holy. So the brothers and sisters that are coming in the future will all be holy according to their big sister who was set apart. So their holiness is decided by the, their first fruit. Who went ahead of them determines their uprightness. Is this principle really an Old Testament principle? When you're being asked by God, to give. He's concerned really about the lamp that you're left with. For that money that you still have in your bank account, which is 90%, for that to be holy, for that to be upright, for that money to be righteous. I'll talk about that also. 
because Christians are not aware of the financial sins that they commit. There's a financial sin that is committed within an organization that will bring it down. Righteousness, you know, it exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach. You must understand that financial illiteracy in an organization is an organizational sin. Uh, okay. I'm saying that because sometimes you look at yourself and you say, I'm not a sinner. I'm upright in terms of my moral standard. But when I get to do something in terms of business, money isn't coming that easy. And there's another man probably who is killing, who is lying, who is fornicating, and he comes and he does the same business and he flourishes. And you begin now to compare your righteousness and you are looking at yourself, you're above him, you look at him, he's below you in terms of uprightness. Yet your righteousness is a moral righteousness. His righteousness is a financial righteousness. There are certain financial principles that he's busy observing in as much as he's careless when it comes to his sexual life. There are many commandments that when they are broken, you don't enter into the promised land. Money is a master. Hear this. When commandments were given, it wasn't for the people to come up with the commandments that they prefer observing. It was up to God to come up with the commandments. And the responsibility given to the people was simply to keep, observe the commandments. So the giver of the commandment is God. The keeper of the commandment is the people. So people can then not say, I, have n- I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in life. You are a keeper of a commandment given to you. And people would be blessed by God by keeping what they didn't create, keeping what they didn't form, keeping what they didn't write, just keeping. God says, I'll bless you for keeping my commandments. There's a blessing that you attract when you are into that keeping business. So all you do is to find what God has created and when you keep what God has created, there is a blessing that you you attract. So when it comes to money commandments, those are not decided by you. They are commandments even 
Ten Commandments that govern money. That when you violate any of those commandments, then you are in trouble financially. There are so many things that you observe when you look at them, they don't seem like money. Whilst you're busy looking for money, you've come across something that isn't money. And you're careless because you're not aware of the fast food. Preach it for me. Preach it for me. You're waiting for the lamp to arrive. Preach it for me. But what goes ahead of money that represents money that has to be treated wholly, you're not aware of that. Thank you. Thank you. You're waiting for money to arrive so that you keep the money. And yet what goes ahead of the money is time, which is a commandment. Time. There isn't any man on the face of the earth who is rich, who is not time conscious, who doesn't place value on time. You are waiting for money to arrive so that you keep the money. Somebody else who knows another form of money, which is not money, which is time, finds time and he keeps the time. And in keeping that time, what he ends up getting is money. Mm -hmm. you, you don't know what represents money. You are not aware of the festive fruit. Things that goes ahead of money that when they are kept, money comes your way. How come a man that we thought was just punctual ends up getting promoted, ends up getting more money? Having kept time, Time, time. We, we, we really don't know what money is. There are so many things in people that if I'm to share some of those things with you, you'll, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked. People, you can sit down, people are gifted in so many ways. So many ways. Sometimes you are, you, you, you are new at your workplace, so excited, so motivated, you are coming in for the first time because you have all that it takes to have the job. Very big briefcase. Sickest cages of certificates. And you are so confident that with this, 
I will not remain at the basement of this organization. And you work and you work and you work. And the people that you find at the top of the organization that you look at and you realize that these people are unqualified. These people are unqualified for those positions. And you're just hoping that one day you'll bring them down and you'll rise. And they stay there and they stay there. And they stay there. You're wondering what is wrong with this organization. It will take you years before you realize that proper qualifications are never kept in briefcases. There are people that are less qualified in terms of academics. But it will take you years to realize why they've been kept where they are for such a long time in that organization. Mm. Mm. And sometimes what they're bringing to the organization is not financial, yet it is a financial organization. Mm. Mm. What is this guy doing? Because there are so many things in people that represents money. You never know what the boss feels, the CEO feels each time he talks to that man. There is a level of honor and respect that he discovers, that he realizes. He, there is a level of importance that he realizes every time he talks to that man who is less qualified in terms of his academical achievements. And yet he has mastered a dimension of honor. He doesn't, the boss doesn't feel it when he talks to the rest of the qualified people in the organization. There is so much undermining, lack of respect. But with this guy, he might be in that office for as long as you are there and you keep wondering, what really, what, what really is he doing? Because you don't know what else is money. Probably that's all that that big man needs. Motivation. And he becomes more creative each time he comes into contact with a less qualified guy who has a way of encouraging him. And he's activated as a spirit. This guy just knows how to talk to me. I like this guy. Let's drive together. And you look at their levels of achievement. It's so different. He's there 
as the energy that powers the head of the organization is a battery and that energy to the boss is money mm. you underestimate encouragement If you knew that encouragement was that serious and that encouragement was actually a qualification you would have worked so hard to earn it way even before getting married you don't know you are not aware of what encouragement does to a man especially if you are sure that your man is a man If your man is a man as long as he is a man women you are not aware of what a word from a wife does to a man a word of encouragement this is a football match but we are up to 100,000 people in this stadium what are they bringing encouragement motivation the player will still get his 1 million dollars a month with or without people in the stadium they are being funded from different sources But you ask the player after the match how do you feel having empty aisles he tells you there isn't any motivation i will get my million dollars at the end of the month but i have lost another form of money okay and without that his performance is different The 100,000 people that are coming they are not bringing any skill. Yeah. Yeah. To the skilled. They are bringing motivation and encouragement and energy to the already skilled players. Those skilled yet they require something that you cannot describe it's a spirit. It's a the thing is a spirit. Yeah. Look at how that joy controls the joy the excitement in the auditorium causes the player to manifest like an evil spirit because <laughs> when when there isn't anyone watching after the score they, you don't see them rolling on the carpet like they do when they are people they don't run towards you run towards what his behavior is completely changed why there is a certain kind of finance that is missing in the arena so all those people there are bringing in their different qualifications to complement a skill and the man is now operating at a level that is beyond what you can imagine based on just the support the support 
the support what do i need to say to my wife if i developed the language that brings comfort is there any hope that is birth when i'm speaking Is it just money that she's here for? Is it even money? What form of money? You have heard several men saying to their wives, "You have the money. <laughs> I've bought you a car. <laughs> I've built you a house." What else do you want? <laughs> that is not the only money that we are here for. There is another currency. Child of God, this is a very critical piece. You need to take this message seriously. we underestimated the power of money there was a time when my wife was sharing with me some of the experiences that she she's had with several women from all walks of lives when they are coming to her they are not coming to a person they are coming to a place of hope a place of comfort and she she made her on discoveries and one, one of these days she was just sharing with me a very sensitive and a very um, disturbing uh, discovery that she made concerning uh, different levels of abuse that women go through sometimes in trying to preserve a relationship trying to bring families together try, trying to raise kids trying to be a good person there is so much that happens to people and 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 you remember you you highlighted something which was so important where she said she said This thing is so strong to a point where it it's as if 
abuse at some point becomes like a drug to the abuser where probably a man gets to a point where abuse becomes a commitment there is some measure of dedication that he puts into ensuring that the other part is really afflicted and he he drives it so well that it arrives on time <laughs> and this, the impact is measurable according to him he is a way of measuring that i have really hit my target and she said and when that keeps on happening i've noticed she was saying i have noticed that most women they get to a point where it the thing the abuse enters into their mind and abuse at that point become their lifestyle they they live by that and and the hope of wanting to hold on is unthinkable it's too much hope in a place of hopelessness they keep on holding on to something that is dead She, she she said it in a in a way that was so heavy that it it she said it it it, it looks like it becomes a mental affliction mm. when a person has been abused for such a long period of time it seems like there is nothing that we can ever do as counselors to set them free mm. because you look at the situation you can see the door is there and the door is open but she will never use that door so to her the observation was that i think abuse the abuser keeps on hitting at a certain point where it becomes impossible for the person to reason again but then she came to a certain conclusion she said but what i'm wondering is if this woman had money wasn't she going to have more courage courageous enough to walk away from an abusive relationship so at the end of the day what is keeping her there is not love is not any commitment it is the lack of something that is so important in life which is money mm-hmm. 
to think that if you can put money into the account of such a weak woman, suddenly she's empowered from the bank. Wherever she is, she can make a decision to say, you can't hit me anymore. Where is that confidence and courage coming from? Money. So she was saying to me, this was her own way of defining money. So had, had, she was saying, had we known that money isn't just what it is, it is also courage. We could have, we could have displayed, we could have preached money in a better way. And people who are in the business of undermining money must be aware of what it is exactly that they are undermining, that it's not just money. It's a solid decision that unless money is present, the wife cannot make that decision. She has it in her mind. She knows I can walk out of this relationship, but the question is, where do I go? So what is keeping most of the marriages right now is not even money. It is lack of it. It's poverty. And when you have poverty bringing you together, this is not the marriage that we find in the Bible where it is God, what God has joined together. Let no man put asunder. This is charity work. She's afraid of the hunger. Lack that awaits her outside of that relationship. Also, if she had more money, wasn't she going to get a little bit of respect from the men? If that is true, because let's be honest. Let's be honest here. If she had her own business, she was making her own money. She would earn a certain measure of respect from the husband. That is a fact. You cannot argue with that. But if that is the case, what really is the man respecting? Money. Which means money is not just money. You are earning respect. Less money, less respect. So all these things are different manifestations of money. Oh. So now I know man is respect. I know man is encouragement. Money is courage. I can boldly make a decision and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm moving on with my life because what are you getting there? Except a beating. But where can you go? Without financial support. 
Whoever is attacking money is attacking all these aspects of life. If you had money right now in your marriage, you'd be fighting over different issues. Not these little, little issues that you're fighting over. Are you following this? Yes. You need money. You 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 need yes. money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Listen. When you want the rest of the money that you have remained with to be able to speak and to be holy, then there is the first fruit. It's not like the way they would do it in the Old Testament. No. You know, when you study this principle where, maybe if we, if we just, just read it, Exodus chapter 13, verse number 12. Exodus 13 and verse number 12. That thou shalt... from verse number 11. Because this thing, you have to do it at the time you enter. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites. Yes. As he swear unto thee and He's to bringing thy you into the land of who? Canaanites. Ah. But whose land is it? their land. It is their land. Canaan is their land. Mm. But they are the Canaanites mm. in Canaan. Mm. People who are being named after the land that isn't theirs. Mm. The Canaanites. Mm. But when the Lord has finally brought you into that land of the Canaanites, which is your land, though you are not the Canaanites, what are you going to do? As he swore unto thee and to thy fathers. He promised it. He saw it. He made a, a vow. But I will bring you into the land. And when finally that word comes to pass. Uh -huh. And shall give it thee. Yes. That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord mm. all that openeth the matrix mm -hmm. and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast mm. the males shall be the lords the males shall be the lords. the lords everything that comes out first shall be the lords so he's saying it is you doing the separation you will set apart yes it's not the lord coming to take it away from you mm. you have the pleasure of doing it yourselves. Set it, make it holy. The power to make it holy is given, it, given to you. It's you that makes it holy. It's, it's an anointing given to you by God to make things, to make your livestock 
your your salary holy mm-hmm. when it is you setting apart it's a it's a perpetual principle you have that power to make things around you holy if you know what to do with the first fruit mm. of everything around you teachers father teachers if you don't believe in that principle if you're sure that you don't you don't want to believe in that principle <laughs> that you have to have a part so that the lamp can become holy then it was supposed to be all of us marching towards calvary mm-hmm. and each man dying on his own cross for his own sin how come a part the first fruit one man who was set apart we all became his condition it it had to be one and all of us as a lamb we are made holy by his holiness i thought i needed to throw in that bomb into into your theology because there are so many things that you don't see when you are determined to attacking a doctrine which is everlasting it's one man it's by one man that sin entered into the world it is by one man that we are all brought back to life yes. so we are holy according to one man it has to be him the first fruit and all of us that is how money is sanctified how 90% of the money that you are left with is made holy money God touches the rest by touching the part that you have separated. Oh yes. Oh, no 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 sit 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 down sit down sit down sit down sit down. I I don't know whether you are really following this. Are, are you sure you are following this? Yes, father. <laughs> oh. Can I throw in another illustration in the bible look look at me look at me people of god look at me you see elijah the prophet is gone elisha the prophet also is left in as much as the prophet the, the prophet the founding prophet is gone still we have the prophetic remaining on the earth by way of impartation transference of an ability that Elijah once had now it's given to his junior prophet so with that he's also able to prophesy and do miracles so the power is handed over to the next generation as an inheritance So coming back with the power 
he parted the river. Not so that the nation of Israel would pass, but so that the prophetic that governs Israel would pass. Because what qualifies you to have the entire river stopped if you are just one person not representing the entire nation? So he feels that he has so much weight and so much value that it is fair to stop the river for a while because it's not just one man passing here. The gift that I carry is desired by Jericho just across the river Jordan. And he crosses the river. He gets to the other side and they've seen him do the miracle. Now they know the gift is still with us. Though the prophet is gone. Follow this. Then they presented a situation that they never even presented before Elijah. Yet Elijah had passed through the same city. They said, Master, as you can see, the situation of this location is beautiful. As you can see, as you can see, But the waters are bad. The waters are not. Mm. And the land is barren. Mm. There is death in the water. Mm. So you can look around and you see the situation where this land is placed. So beautiful. Mm. But the source, the root There is death in the water. Which means the water in that land would make people sick. Any, anything that drinks that water would die prematurely. There was death in that water. Despite the water being bitter. But there was a disease in the water. There was a sickness in the water. Uh, sit down, please, please. So the sick, the sick person that they are bringing before the prophet here is not even a person. It's water. They've discovered that their water was sick and whenever they drink that water, there would be a transference, an impartation of the grace of that water into their bodies. They would become as sick as the water. So in order for you to heal us, don't heal us. Touch our roots. Then the prophet 
knowing what he was doing, he said, bring me a new cruise and put in salt. Make sure it is new. He demanded before he healed the waters. Something had to be found. They had to find. Bring it to me. And the thing has to be new. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. If you're ever going to have a new thing happening in this land, you make sure the plate you bring to me is new. So that with the new plate, we can start a new thing. Powerful principle. Bring me a new cruise and salt. And notice then what he did by the instruction of God. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters. And he, Elisha, went forth unto the what? Spring. Springs. Spring, spring, one spring, so that he would heal the lamb. Preach it, Father. One spring here to identify the first fruit, a part. Mm. Ah, preach it, Father. Ah, preach it. Ah, <laughs> prophetically. Locating one spring that you heal and the rest of the springs which are not present recovers. When you make one thing holy and the rest in that generation of that thing become holy, the waters Different layers. I, preach it for. That never attended. Yes. Mm. All they needed, all of these different types of waters, all they needed was a representation. A part, 10% of the water was what was brought before the prophet. So there's no need for all the rivers to flow towards the prophet for their healing. A part, ten percent. You want the ninety percent to recover from a disease, from inflation. Yes, mm. what you make holy is the one spring, and then when you when you sanctify and you separate that and you make it holy, and then he declared and he said, "That says the Lord, you are healed." I have healed these waters. But he said, thus said the Lord. Yeah? <laughs> and he went forth unto the spring of the waters mm. and cast the salt in there and said. He cast what? The salt. Where? In there. Into how many springs? One, One spring. After casting the salt into what? Into the water. He said, thus saith Who? the Lord. It is what he did and what he declared. Mm. Declaring as a child of God is not enough. It is what he did, what he cast, what he invested into the waters. 
followed by a decree. Ah, thank you. Thus says the Lord, I have what? I have healed these waters. So the waters were sick, right? But I have what? Healed. I have healed these what? Waters. <laughs> oh, but not all waters are present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't need to bring your 90% money to church. It is by the 10 that the lamp is restored. Some, some of you people, uh, I don't know whether I should really be sharing these things. With Share it, Father. <laughs> Uh, come on. But you see, soon there's going to be another different declaration that the waters were healed according to the word of the man of God. Uh, Keep on reading. The waters are... Verse 22. Uh So the waters were healed unto this day. Unto this this day, day. At the time that scripture was written. Whatever happened after that, it's none of his business. Up to this day. So you cannot undermine that miracle based on you going there now and finding out that the waters are bitter again. It was healed up to that day. Mm. Uh-huh. According. According. Mm. So it stays health. The water remained well. According. There was a word prevailing over the waters for a certain period of time. And the health of that water was according to what? According to the saying of Elisha. Imagine that the saying of Elisha, which he spake, will decide for how long the waters are going to remain healthy. The waters are healthy according to a saying. It's a spiritual thing. To think that a nation is healthy according to a saying. Thank you. Thank you. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. Please sit down. Sit down, 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 sit down. According to who say? The saying of Elisha. But you see, this is confusing now. It's as if it is Elisha who said it. And yet Elisha said, that says the Lord. So, so who said what? <laughs> they said it. So if you, if you, if you really want to follow <laughs> the order of events here, you notice that Elisha had to say what God had said. Powerful father. When God's declaration become your declaration, you speak what God is speaking. Yes. When God's language become your language. Thank you, Father. When you are saying what God is saying about you, wow. then the waters recover. Only when you say what God is saying about you, your situation around you gets healed. Yes. Hey. Powerful father. 
All I need to do is to discern what God is saying concerning my situation. And that's what I say. And when I say that, the waters will respond. Yes. It's God saying that I am poor. Is God saying that I am sick? No. no. In as much as I am in pain. So what do I reproduce? The pain or what God is saying? What God what is, what saying. is saying. Am I not feeling pain? I'm feeling pain. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being forced to declare what I'm feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to declare what I'm hearing yes. from the Lord. Oh, yes. And I keep speaking that until the waters start recovering. Thank you, Father. There is a saying that helps the waters to recover. Oh my God. Yes. Ah, my God. Be be seated, please. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. Ah. Ah. Child of God, to think that there are different types of waters in that region. Waters that are placed at different levels of the earth. And some of these waters, they will never meet in their lifetime. There is a certain level of water that you dig into And you are so happy that we have found water. And yet that water has to be tested in the lab to see whether it is healthy, it is fit Mm. for people to drink. There are certain wells that have been condemned and yet what you see there is water. Mm. But the deeper you go, the cleaner that water becomes. Mm. It has to keep on going deep deep and deep and deep. It's a level of depth that you get to. Hmm. Preach it, Father. I was talking to a certain Chinese guy who knows how to do business in this country and he was telling me that I have this borehole drilling machine And there is none like that in this country. And I can get you water from as deep as 500 meters. If you want us to get to 700 meters. So get me to a place where you say there isn't any water. So... I said, there is this property that I have, but there isn't any water there. He said, there is water. He said, it's a level that you're talking about. Any level of dryness that you're experiencing now, it's a level. It's a level. Oh, be seated. Why are you standing? Please, please sit sit down. And he said, when I get to that level of depth, the water that I will bring out for you, it doesn't require any purification. It's clean, 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 clean water. These are families. 
of different waters. <laughs> How deep have you gone into the things of God? Be seated, please. To think that the prophet in that land became the water purification plant. He purified the water by the word. What else can we do with the word? There are so many things living in our water. But in trying to drink the water, we end up drinking so many other things that have nothing to do with our well-being. Our intention was never to drink those things. We found them in in the cup. But they have also found their resting place in our waters. And their presence in the water become the presence of diseases. And what do we do? We purify the waters. Make it clean. There's what they call the reverse osmosis in, 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 in purifying water. Where the water has to be pressurized. It goes through a certain membrane and every impurity has to remain within that membrane. And what comes out at the other side is still water, but now clean water. But the pressure has to be so tight that impurities cannot survive that kind of pressure for you to become pure. Certain pressures that you have to go through, certain passages in life where your life has to be pressurized. Like that time when Jesus was in Gethsemane. It was a moment of pressure because it's called a threshing place, a place of crushing. Because he was in that place, that's when Sweat came as blood. He was dying already. It's a place of crushing that we are purified. When you're going through your own personal reverse osmosis so that impurities that are hanging on to your lifestyle can remain within the membrane. You have to be willing to walk through certain valleys of the shadow of death. You are not there to be destroyed, but you want something on you to be left, to remain in that pressure zone, knowing that when you finally come out, you are without any impurity. These are two things that God uses. Pressure. Pressure. The pressure that you're going through as a child of God. There is a reason for that. God knows for sure 
looking at your texture that you can penetrate the passages no matter how thin they are as water you are thin enough to make it to the other side but demons in your life cannot survive desires in your life cannot survive that 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 limited passage you realize when you come out of that situation that you are purer than you were before you know look at job when the process was done he said now i can see the lord i used to hear about him but now i can see him so what he left within the membrane with the impurities that hinder him from having clear visions are you following this powerful. that's powerful father i'm talking about water not because i'm saying all of us let's get into water business you the majority of you is water The majority of you is water so when we talk about water's being sick we're talking about the, the bigger part of you being sick. Oh yes. Ah sida 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 sida. 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 I like this process now of distillation. You know it. Ah. That what I like it. I like it. You boil the water then it becomes vapor. And then you concentrate it again. It becomes liquid. Huh? Water in liquid form and water in vapor form and then again water in liquid. And the salt remains in the boiling pot. Mm-hmm. The bitterness of life cannot make it through the vapor state. It's a journey that you walk as a child of God where you ascend into dimensions where demons in you can no longer survive. And then you are restored back into life. People look at you they say, "You are water just like us." But you, you 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 seem not to have problems that we are having it's a process of fire when god allows you to go through fire so that you are vaporized at some point so that water at one point it is in its spiritual state that vapor it's a spiritual state And the water has to stay in that state knowing that I am I've escaped mm. any impurity that cannot make it into this spiritual dimension cannot follow me into my next existence as water again I, I This is what you go through as a child of God because I said the majority of you is what is water Do you know what is happening to you when you are being boiled You are being made active as a spirit. By some of these things that you think are problems. It's a process of purification. There isn't any other way of making God pure apart from having it to go through fire. 
Is this fire around me against me? God knows that he has made you so strong that you can survive the fire. But there is something within you that cannot survive that pressure. Are you you following this? When you are made an active spirit, when a part of you has been given to the Lord. Sit down. Let's let's finish that verse that you were reading. Let's just finish it. Exodus chapter 13 from verse 12. That thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, and every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with the lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shall thou redeem. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it shall be. It shall be. When thy son asketh thee in time to come. In time to come. So there is a time that is coming. That you will have your children asking you. Asking what? Saying. Saying. What is this? This principle of handing over your first food to God. So God is saying, a generation that is coming that I will no longer be talking to concerning what they are supposed to give. Because I would have spoken to the previous generation. It would be a shameful thing for that generation to say, giving is no longer for our generation because God is quiet. Mm -hmm. The next generation must ask the previous generation, Mm -hmm. what is this? Uh when they find you observing. So I'm not going to keep on repeating this principle. Blessed are you when you have sons who are not going to wait until I tell them. Sons that are going to ask you what is this kind of giving. They will have to hear it from you, the preacher. Mm. Not from me. When they will ask you what is this, you will say what? That thou shalt say unto him, by strength of a hand, the Lord... You say unto your son, by the strength of a hand, the Lord what? The Lord brought us out from Egypt. Imagine, what has that to do with, with giving? <laughs> ah. I hope that generation is not like the one we have now. Because this would not make sense. Ah. Okay, uh-huh. By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. The Lord brought us where? Out from Egypt. From the house of what? From the house of bondage. These some of these things when you're reading the Bible, you you might not get what the Bible is saying. To think that there is a house called the house of bondage. Mm -hmm. There's a house Mm -hmm. where bondage is accommodated. A house. A house, Egypt is a house of bondage. There are houses of bondages. Mm. 
Okay. Uh-huh. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go. When the system would not allow us to go, it came to pass. What? When Pharaoh would hardly let us go. Yes. That the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. What did the Lord kill? All the firstborn. How many firstborn? All. all. Where? In the land in of Egypt. Egypt. Yes. Uh-huh. Both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix. Therefore. Mm-hmm. Because that's the thing that made the system to allow us to go. When God touched the firstborn, the first fruit of Egypt, then Egypt allowed God's people to go. Only when the firstborn was touched, not the second. Therefore, that's why he's saying, therefore I sacrifice the first fruit. There is something that this this father here is telling his son. Mm -hmm. There's something here. You you are are aware that what really went around the city was an angel of death. There was a spirit. That night, if you look at the number, because it was in every household that there was death, to, to try and look at how that's, that angel was moving. You would not hear a person walk in through your door. There wasn't any knock. They all realized in the morning that their firstborn was gone. Chickens are dead. Goats are dead. But how it happened, it was just like a breeze that came upon the land. Mm. One spirit capable of killing how many people in one night? When we talk of spirits, we're talking of something very serious. Here it is. Yet that spirit, you, you, in as much as it was the Lord who killed, but you are not aware of the kind of spirit that the Lord hired to perform that job. You have to tell your son that there is that kind of a spirit that God sometimes employs. That goes around looking for the first fruit. And before that spirit gets to your house, you must have already given your first fruit to the Lord. And you have deprived that spirit of any right to have any activity of death in your house. Mm, 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 mm. 
So you won't have any demonic activity in your house. Why? Because you have taken it upon yourself to have that activity. You have handed over the first fruit. Your 10% has been given to the Lord so that the 90% cannot suffer the affliction. Hear this. So that he doesn't get into your house. You don't want to have financial demons coming after your money. There is a way that you can keep them at bay. How do I keep these financial demons away from my finances? If I know what they are after, what attracts demons, then I put it into the right hands. For death, not to okay. You see now, he say, you teach this your children. How do you deal with the first fruit? So in, in the book of Romans, Paul, he was talking about the nation of Israel. How Israel is the first fruit. And how they fell so that you would rise as Gentiles. So Paul is saying now to the Gentiles, I am a preacher sent by God to preach to you Gentiles. But you must understand that it is because that Israel has fallen that you have risen. He provoked them intentionally. God provoked them to jealous. So that you would also be grafted into this matter of salvation. But the first fruit is Israel. So in as much as God was trying to deliver Israel from Egypt, he was delivering the first fruit from Israel. So he's saying to the Gentiles, so if you are raised by reason of their falling, what if Israel is to be raised up? What becomes of you? That equation is, is breathtaking. When Israel is finally remembered, you were remembered because it's as if God had forgotten Israel. Yes. And then you were remembered. What if God now is to remember Israel? What become of your level? Greater. Yes. And he says it would be like a man being raised from the dead. That's how he describes the rising of Israel. Then he says if the first fruit is holy, how about the lamb? So that's in reference to Israel, the first fruit. That he, she is a holy nation. And how about the rest of you, the Gentiles, the lamb? You have been conditioned according to Israel. You are as holy as Israel. Huh. So Paul says, am I saying that God has forgotten his people? God forbid. He said, I'm a seed of Abraham. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. I belong there. But I know why God lowered their 
their value so that you would attain value as Gentiles. But the restoration is coming back to Israel. But Israel is the first fruit. For your own information, when you talk about the Holy Land, where you find the Jewish people, the Holy Land is not just too holy because it's a holy land. The Jewish people are not made holy by the holy land. The holy land is made holy by the holy people. God sent them into the promised land so that they would heal the land and become the cure for the land. Thank you. You are in your space yeah. to heal. Yeah. I wish I had time to talk to you about the language of water. Mm. What water does. How God says that when water comes to the earth, it will not return without accomplishing. Mm. An assignment given to water. Your, your assignment is in your water form. And how nature around you has to respond to you because you are a drop of water moving around in the garden, moving around in your bedroom. You are the presence of water and you must observe how things respond to the language of water. Most information that you carry right now has been downloaded into your water manifestation. You reigned on the earth. Your coming into this into this existence represents a season of rain. Preach it, Father. Look at how vegetation responds to water. Even before it starts raining, you see trees, they start blossoming. Yes. Leaves are becoming green. Before what? Water. How things are supposed to respond to your presence as a child of God. Without you touching them, without the rains touching the trees, you see how trees will respond to the season that has just arrived. That's a child of God for you. You are a rain season. A bigger part of you is water. I'm here to give life. Out of my belly shall flow out rivers of living waters. I want to become spiritually active. Let me, let me, let me just close with this, this part. I want to become active in the spirit. You see what is happening? Most of the things that we have tried to address as Christians, we have been failing because we have lost the formula. We don't know where problems are coming from. If you realize that we, don't, we are not sure of where exactly problems are coming from. <laughs> there are certain certain demonic 
activities that we are not aware of. Okay, so yeah, Thank you. <laughs> and unless I become spiritually conscious, I may not be able to see what demons are doing presently around me. To a point where some of you, unless you become as spiritual as they are, you have not, no right to observe or even to understand what they are doing. Their activity is coded in that spirituality. And they know that what we are doing, no one will ever realize. From their realm of existence, they have to come into our realm of existence for them to know what we are doing in this age. This is why I always want you to understand that a person who is a demon is more spiritual than you when you don't have the Holy Ghost. Because he has an extra advantage. He has an empowerment that empowers his human spirit. In terms of spirituality, that person is better than you. He sees more things than, than you can see. So what am I saying? I'm even saying that the day that you lost a demon through deliverance, you became less spiritual. Because there was supposed to be a substitution. That place once occupied by a demon, you needed the spirit of God to come and occupy. Wow. A person with a demon, if he is to be angry, there's an extra mile. A person with a demon of jealousy, if he is to be suspicious of you, he has to go an extra mile. It doesn't matter what you do to prove that you are trustworthy. If there is something influencing him that you are cheating on him, you are cheating on him. If that suspicion has a demon involved, there's nothing you can do to set her free from that imagination. Wherever you are, you are with another woman. So demons, they come to help their victims go an extra mile. Things that you would not do without a spirit, demons, they, they come and they help you, they assist you. Come up with imaginations that are non-existent and you structure things and you line up things and they are so solid and concrete and you have reached a conclusion and you know he's doing it. He's doing it. <laughs> Why? Because the devil, the demon doesn't want the person that you're suspecting to be destroyed. The devil really wants you to be destroyed. 
because it is now that confidence that you have in wrong information that will create a disease for you. You are sick according to a lie. I told you that a lie can make you sick. The father became sick when he was told that Joseph is dead. He cried until he became sick. If there wasn't any death problem in the family, Joseph was alive. But look at the high blood pressure that the father had. Where is it coming from? Believing a lie. So I'm saying for you to observe demonic activities, once I'm born again, demons have realized that now we can no longer occupy that person, control that person, manipulate that person. We cannot possess that individual because God has already occupied him. He has become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what do we do now? We look for things around him that are yet to be born again. So as a child of God, you then can be found running a business that is demon-possessed. So it then behaves according to that demon, yet being run by a child of God. And the demon has a right to temper with your money unless your money goes through the same process that you've gone through. The salvation of the money. The salvation of your property. Come on, Father. Appreciate, Father. Until whatsoever, not whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. It's powerful, Father. How do I make my money, Christian money, my business, a Christian business, What goes into its salvation? When a part of that money is given to God, the the lamb becomes born again. So that business becomes demon free. So I'm saying now, if I'm sitting here knowing that demons cannot touch me, and I'm so excited, but you look at things around you being touched by the same demons that came out of you, would you call that freedom? Would you call that total deliverance? No. No. My things are under attack. So when you become spiritual now, you can observe and see that mm, that demon that left me is now in possession of something that is mine. How do I administer deliverance? That's where giving comes in. You are setting free an area of your life from demonic manipulations. Demons have a right there until you make that area Christian. How do you make it Christian? A part of that area has to be brought before the Lord. Are you following this? Are you following this? Okay. Some of you don't know that what you bring before nature is a violation of principles. You know, when when things that are supposed to obey you, okay, and they, they come and they become rebellious to you, 
They are not rebellious to you per se. They are rebellious to the fallen nature. When, when there is sin and the way that you are treated by your environment changes. That rebellion by nature against your sin is its obedience to God. When you are presented before money, when money sees you, money should never sense a financial sin that you are committing. There is a certain dedication that money requires that you are not ready to undertake. I'm saying, when you present yourself before nature and nature rebels against you, that rebellion is obedience to God because nature has been programmed to submit to righteousness and uprightness. There is moral uprightness, there is financial uprightness. We'll talk about that in detail. But you know the moral uprightness, what happens? When the book of Hebrews talks about a bed undefiled, do you know what it means? Do you know what it means? I'm just talking about moral uprightness. <laughs> you can read it. Hebrews 18, verse number 4. Thank you, Father. Marriage is, is honorable in all. Marriage is what? Honorable, Honorable in all. Yes. And the bed undefiled. And the bed undefiled. So he's talking about two things that are honorable. Marriage and, and the bed. Marriage is honorable and the undefiled bed is honorable. Okay. What is the undefiled bed? What is the undefiled bed? I want you to understand this because we're talking about when you are presenting yourself before nature and you have an omission, a certain violation of a certain moral principle. And you are not aware of the response of the environment around you towards that act. And things begin to argue with you. Things are becoming hard for you. And it's not because God really is against you, but the things are really against a certain act. Now, an undefiled bed, how do you defile the bed? When you're a married person, for instance, and you sleep with another woman, let me be straightforward here, so that you get the meaning of that word. <laughs> Wherever you can go, whilst you're married, and then you sleep with another woman, there is definitely something of that woman that you have to carry back home and you make it lie on the same bed. And when you are sleeping with your wife, 
it's not just one woman there. There is the presence of another personality in the bedroom. It's a way that we have managed to export personalities into our bedrooms as married people. The defiling of the bed is when an external person is brought in invisibly. There is energy. Apart from a disease that you get from that woman, there is an aspect of that person that you bring home. So you have another soul in existence in the house that needs to be managed. The presence of that other woman will become a torture to the owner of the bed, the wife of the house. These are demons that you never thought are in existence. Hey. There can be five women, five wives under the same roof. All of them fighting to suppress the owner of the house. One woman is under attack. She fights so hard every day, every night to survive. Because her house has just been raided. Who is bringing all these women? Whoever has gone out and slept with all these women? You don't leave them there. That's where the defiling of the bed comes in. It's no longer two people. You have 13 people on the same bed. How is your wife ever going to survive that? And the wife doesn't even know where the feeling has gone to, where the desire has gone to. All these misunderstandings, it's a working in the spirit. Unless the woman, the owner of the property, takes her position in the spirit and see activities that, in as much as I'm born again, but my man who is not born again has been overtaken by an evil spirit. Then you begin to see activities around you. Though I'm free, but I'm not yet free. Because what is mine? is under possession. I need to be set free. How do I deliver that? How do I get a part of my husband so that the rest of him can become holy? Wow. All those are principles. Wow. Wow. All those things are principles. Wow. Cain and Abel, what they took was just a part of their entire career. So that God would bless what they were doing mm. by that one part. Mm. What have you given so far? How have you given? What part of you have you presented before God? Which part of yourself have you preserved for yourself? And demons are having a feast on those things. You have to get into realms of extremes when it comes to giving to God without any fear. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. There was a time when I would give a lot and give a lot and feel like oh, I'm left with nothing. And God said, it's because you are not yet with me. You are not yet with me. That pain is proof that you are not yet here. 
Because if you're here, having given everything here, you being here, then you still have it. Be here. Until you know that what you have given to God, you have given it to yourself. Because you are with God. Oh, we have to stop there. Child of God, I'm teaching you this. This information is by the Spirit of God. You want to become actively involved where you cannot just look at what demons are doing. You can interrupt and disturb the flow of demonic spirits in your life. And you say, I've seen that there is an activity prevailing in my life and demons are involved. I'm not just here to look at that. I can stop it from happening. I want to be active in the spirit. Giving is very important. It empowers you spiritually. Why? Because you have circumcised your salary. It's a part of the lamp that you have given to God that makes the rest of the lamp holy. When you meditate upon the laws of God, it's a percentage of your reasoning that you have given. It's circumcision of the mind. And the rest of your mind during the day becomes holy. Why? It's a giving that you have done. That meditation was a giving. Thinking and meditating upon the laws of God. By so doing, thou shalt make thy way prosperous. The time that you dedicate, you're not just praying for one hour. You have invested time. It's a portion. It's the festive fruit. And the rest of the hours become holy. And no evil will fall upon you. Why? You've made the rest holy by finding the festive fruit of an idea that you came across. When you get to that level of giving, knowing that I'm giving and this is what is happening to the rest of me, you find joy in doing it. In as much as you might be feeling that pain, but there is overwhelming joy at the end of the day. It's not about money. All about making things around me born again. Yes. I want money to be holy. Yes. Are you following this? Yes. Go ahead right now. If you have a figure that God has impressed upon your heart, upon your spirit, I would encourage you not to hesitate and not to postpone and not even to think twice. In this environment that we have created, the devil is not allowed to talk to people. In this environment that you are in right now, it cannot be the devil. It is so tight that the voice of the devil has been muted hours ago. It can't be the devil telling you to give. This can only be God. You are under a divine instruction. This thing, believe you me, it will definitely change your spirituality, though the giving is physical. Israel would become more spiritual by circumcision, which was physical. All that giving of cattle was physical, but Israel would become a more spiritual nation. Believe you me, it's not a physical activity. It's a spiritual activity. It is the spirit within you 
giving by the flesh giving by the flesh giving by the flesh it's your spirit giving by the flesh it's your spirit giving money by the flesh overcome this master become a servant of god i want to have dominion authority i want to reign over the spirit of money i'm the overall spirit i'm the overall spirit i'm the overall spirit child of god i pray for you right now as you do this as you commit yourself i pray that you are blessed i pray that the blessing will manifest i pray that you are activated as a spirit and i pray that you are quickened in the name that is above every other name the name jesus you are blessed for hearing this message i'm asking all of you now before you send your seed Let's get into a moment of prayer just for a few seconds. Raise your voice high wherever you are and let's pray. me 